Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Can I Make You a Playlist, a podcast by two friends where we talk about music and leave you with a delightful new playlist at the end of every episode. My name is Austin, and I'm joined by my friend Lauren. What's up, Lauren? Nothing much. Living the dream, you know. It's a another Monday. Happy February. Happy February to you all. Yeah, thank you for joining us for this exciting episode where we're going to be talking about some of our favorite cover songs. That's right. Songs that you love that are covered by other artists. We love we love a good cover, right? Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like I miss a lot of really good cover songs because of my listening habits. So this was a good exercise for me to look back through some catalogs of some artists I love and, and listen to the covers that I don't always remember exist. Some of the ones were very top of mind and some of the other ones were a delightful surprise for me to hunt down today. So I'm hoping that you all enjoy them as much as I do. Yes, we hope we are um, either reminding you of ones that you may have forgotten or hopefully introducing you to all new ones that you've never heard before. And I think that you will enjoy them all. This was a really fun list to put together. Yeah. Do you want to get us kicked off? Sure. So let's just let's just kick it off with Heart of Glass, originally by Blondie. This is by this is covered by Miley Cyrus. We're kicking it off with Miley Cyrus because last night was the Grammys. If you didn't know, Miley went home with pop best pop vocal performance for Flowers, and she went home with a record of the year, which. She I was not expecting she crushed it. Record of the year is huge. The the top three awards are song of the year, record of the year, album of the year. So mm-hmm. for Miley to go home with not one but two Grammys, the first time she's ever won Grammys was really exciting. Um, as a Hannah Montana fan, I was yeah. living for that. Um, did you watch her performance? I didn't. I saw that she did perform, but I didn't end up watching it. But I am glad that she's finally getting some recognition. I mean, obviously she's a pop icon, but the fact that she's going home with her first Grammys is kind of surprising. So I'm glad that she was able to get them though. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen it, watch her performance. Like if you're going to watch anything from the Grammys, I haven't finished it yet, to be honest with you. I watched most of it. Um, And if you're going to watch any of it, definitely watch her performance. She's so real. Like it there was no like production there was nothing to it it was literally like she just walked up there and did anything she wanted like in the moment it was just deciding like right there on the spot what she wanted to do and it was incredible it was the realest thing you'll ever see on an award show um i love her so much but anyway we're doing her cover of heart of glass by blondie um this is one of my favorite covers of all time and i was introduced to it by one of my cousins like maybe a year or two ago. And it's so funny because two days ago I was at work. I was working a comedy show. The comedian had like a pre-show playlist. It was really good playlist. It was weird because it was very like older crowd, like our parents age type crowd. But the playlist was all like alternative. It was like shut up and dance, walk the moon, MGMT, like nice. um, the killers. Like it was an awesome playlist. Um, and then she started playing Miley Cyrus heart of glass. And I was like, the way I just wrote notes about this for this podcast <laughs> and now it's playing, it was just the universe uh, aligning. So just her energy in this definitely more of a rock vibe than the original. And I love that. Um, Say what you want about Miley Cyrus, but she has a killer voice, and this song especially really shows it off. I think you know some songs are more dancey, more auto tuney, whatever. But this is like 
it's a live cover so it's very raw and real and oh is it live it is and it's incredible the way it shows off her her really strong voice yeah that's awesome i honestly didn't know the original song unfortunately no. like i have a blondie gap in my mind apparently so i apologize for that but i agree with what you said like her voice is so unique and powerful and raw that whatever she can, whatever she decides to sing, like she can find a way to make it interesting and make it appeal to to people that don't even know the original, which is me. But I was really vibing to this song when I listened to it, and I thought it was a really cool rock song. You've never heard the original? Not to my knowledge. Oh my god, I'm I'm really surprised. Anyway, that no judgment, but a little judgment. <laughs> That's that's that. What's what's your next one? Or your first one, I should say. I want to talk about a song that I think is is pretty near and dear to you, Lauren. And I don't know if you had known this cover before, but I want to talk about the cover by Julian Baker of Everybody Lost Somebody, which is a Bleachers song. Personally, I absolutely love the original song. Like I'm a huge Bleachers fan, but the Julian Baker cover is makes it even more emotional like this song is again packed with like emotions but julian goes for like a bit more of a stripped back approach and so it still sounds pretty soft even when she starts uh singing louder like when she starts belting some of the lyrics but this song is unfortunately not on spotify or it's not on on streaming because so something that bleachers does is every time that they release an album well, maybe not every time, but frequently when they release an album, they have this trend called uh, Terrible Thrills, where they get all women vocalists to do covers of all their songs on the album. So this is from Terrible Thrills, Volume 3, um, which is based on Bleacher's second album. But unfortunately, the, they didn't send this song to streaming. It was only available for physical release on vinyl. So it's on YouTube. Um, I personally have the MP3 rip of it because I'm not obsessed with bleachers. So if you need the MP3 of this song, if you can't find it on YouTube, let me know. But the song is pretty special to me just because one, I already love the original two. I love Julian Baker and three, she just does it in a way that makes me appreciate the full picture even more. Austin didn't give me a lot of time to listen to these songs. So we try to like give each other enough time to listen to each other's list so that we can talk about it. Um, but that didn't really happen. So I was rushing to listen to these songs today and I was listening to the Spotify list, but because this is now on Spotify, I completely forgot to look it up on YouTube and I was driving. So I did not, this is the only one I didn't get around to listening to, but I'm really excited too, because I love the original. Everybody knows I'm a Bleachers fan. Um, everybody lost somebody off of gone now is like one of the best albums, one of the best songs. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'll also confess that I've never listened to Julian Baker before. I know she's part of Boy Genius. I've maybe listened to like 10 seconds of Boy Genius. I'm literally the fakest person ever, but I just can't. I'm not a hater. I just like haven't been able to get behind like the Phoebe Bridgers, Boy Genius um, trend. Yeah, to each their own. I mean, personally, I was more of a Julian Baker than like any any Phoebe or any Lucy stuff. I still like them, but was a Julian fan first and yeah seeing her do this song it's it's beautiful yeah I I want to listen to her music because you've recommended her to me before so I will get around to it and I'll let you know in the next episode what I thought of it 
Yeah, if you need uh, songs to cry to, Julian Baker has no shortage of those. Speaking of songs to cry to, the next one I'm going to pick is Somebody Else. It's originally by the 1975, but this is covered by an artist named Verite. Are you familiar with Verite? I'm familiar. I've listened to a bit of her stuff, but it didn't. it's never really like grasped me too strong. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I've never been like the biggest fan, but my cousin is a really big fan. And right before the pandemic, like literally like days before everything like blew up and shut down, um, it was like March 1st, I think, she invited me the day of the show to go see Verite. And I was like leaving for the airport at like five o'clock in the morning. But I went to this concert with her because she didn't have anybody to go with. And I was like, oh, I've been there before. I know how that is. So I went to see Verite with her and she was amazing. And she covered the song and the crowd just went crazy. And then when I looked her up after, I realized her cover of the song is by far her most popular, most streamed song, which kind of sucks for her because it's like she wants her original. Of course, every artist wants their original music to be more popular. But no, this song, like I, I like this more than the original just because I'm not the biggest 1975 fan, though I do like the original of this one. Um, I don't know. I think she is super underrated. She has such a pretty voice. It's This one is more like electronic dancey, like more upbeat in the chorus um, and like in the bridge and stuff, which I really enjoy. Honestly, as someone who is a huge 1975 fan, I've never really been a huge fan of somebody else. But I think I do like her production and like her her choices better in the song. It feels like a little bit more interesting than the 1975's version. But I agree, like her voice is amazing. And just hearing how good this cover is makes you want to check her out a little bit more. Yeah, I think you'll really like her because her voice is beautiful. Her music is super good. Like I said, I only know a few songs, very little. But um, yeah, I think you'll like her. Next, I want to talk about a song that Judah and the Lion covered, which is Landslide. The famous Fleetwood Mac song. So I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac song, and I'm a pretty big Judah and the Live fan. But this song, for for whatever reason, I I tend to gravitate towards songs that like make me feel sad or emotional. So, spoiler alert: this one and some other ones later on the list uh, do that to me. But this song is, of course, like it's an iconic song from Fleetwood Mac. It's one of their most famous songs, and so there are a ton of covers to choose from for this one, but this is the one that really grabs me. Um, I really like the small touches that Judah makes to the song in terms of like the notes he's choosing that make it a little bit different, not very different, but you know, it just adds a little bit of personality to it. And again, I just kind of like that this song is a bit more stripped back. It kind of lets, lets us focus on the vocals and I don't know, tap into the sadness of the song, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like a fake Judah and the Lion fan because I know like a good handful of their songs, and I've seen them live a couple times, um, and they're awesome. But they're just not someone that I like. I always forget that they exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had never heard the song before, or this. I'm sorry, I never heard this cover before. Of course, I know the original. Um, it was beautiful. I loved it so much. I was like, oh my God, I kind of want to cry, but like not in a bad way. Um, his It really showcased his voice, like you said. So definitely check this one out. Yeah. It, to me, it just feels like a bit soft. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like inviting you in in like a comfortable way to like feel these things. Like I really enjoy when like the, they don't use a drum kit. But like when the beat comes in, like the synth comes in, it just kind of like sounds like heartbeats and it's like really 
just like mm-hmm. warm in the background. But I don't know, the song is pretty special to me because I like it has a very specific memory attached to it for me because I like listened to it several times in a row, like during a low point in my life. So it's just kind of stuck with me ever, ever since then. All right. The next one I want to talk about is so important. If you're going to listen to anything on this whole list, this is the one I'm sorry. It's all of yours. Oh, no, seriously. This is war pigs by black Sabbath covered by none other than T pain. Let me tell you did you know this existed i had no idea this existed oh my god so i discovered this in december so very recently it showed up on my instagram in a reel and i was like my jaw was on the floor i i literally screamed in my house literally screamed and i was like there's no way this is happening and this is this good if you know me if you know my dad my dad's a big ozzy osbourne black sabbath fan I've grown up with that. That's very important to um, me and my household. So we also love T-Pain in this household. So for T-Pain of all people to like kill this cover, like crush this cover, I hope Ozzy has seen this because he would be so impressed. Um, it's it's amazing. It's like oh, everybody associates T-Pain with the auto-tune, but if you've heard him sing, you you know he can sing. And he can do rock so well. It's insane. Yeah, I was absolutely impressed by this song. I mean, I do have a lot of respect for T-Pain, again, because I know he gets associated with autotune so much, but I know that his act, like his regular singing voice is so good. Like He's an incredible musician and singer. So hearing him cover like a Black Sabbath song in his style with no autotune was like very impressive because... Again, his vocals speak for themselves and he crushed it. And I'm definitely going to add this to my regular rotation. I can't stop listening to it. I really can't. Well, the next one that I would love to share is a song that everybody should know. It's called Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine, but it's covered by Denzel Curry. I love Denzel Curry as a rapper, but the fact that he's able to like show his ability to like rage rap through this song. I don't know if I've heard him like rap quite the same way on any of his other songs that he like he's made. And so hearing him just kind of be able to go all out on Bulls on Parade is awesome. Like it feels like he maybe even goes a step above the original with the energy that he brings. And I think it's especially sharp because I don't know if you knew this, but apparently his brother was killed by police. So maybe that's where some of the rage is coming from. No way. Yeah. Oof. No, that's really sad and wild. And I am really glad that you put this on the list because I love this song, like the original, so much. Um, And we talked about how in the concerts episode, if you haven't listened to the concerts episode... I went to see Kay play a couple times last year and she covered the song on the whole tour. So to hear this, hear her sing this was absolutely insane. Um, Guitar Hero 3, so yes. good. <laughs> um, shout out Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock. But I love Rage Against the Machine. Like, I feel like they are so, they're always going to be relevant, timeless unique like no one does it no one will ever do it like Rage Against the Machine did and this version was like almost just as good as the original I love like you said he put his own spin on it with like another verse that was crazy was not expecting that and it was just really 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 great yeah I loved the fact that he decided to go in and 
and add his own like rappers to the song, especially because the original is it's not outdated, but there's a lot of different topics that have happened, you know, in the age of the internet, especially around the 2020s that I think are, <laughs> he goes in on and, you know, they're the source of some of his rage. So I'm, I'm glad he was able to, to express those. Yeah. I hope the original band members have heard this because I think they'd really like it too. I am a Tom Morello fan. Like Tom Morello is one of the greatest musicians, guitar players, people of all time. It's true. He's a legend. That's why he shows up in Legends of Rock, Guitar Hero. I think he also <laughs> recently got inducted into the, the um, Hall of Fame. So yes, goes to Tom Morello for being awesome the next one i want to talk about is oh okay so this one is not on spotify so this is the only one uh, on my list that's not on spotify but as you should know if you're following along with this podcast we put the playlist up on spotify and on youtube um a lot of people probably don't listen to the youtube version it's the same thing but for those who don't use spotify i don't have apple music austin doesn't have apple music so um we want to give you an alternative that we can make for you so it's youtube so this one, the playlist will have a slight variation with this, but this is Do I Want to Know, originally by Arctic Monkeys. Everybody knows this one, but this is the Dua Lipa cover. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. I never shut up about this cover from the day that it was posted. And this is young Dua Lipa. This is like her first album era. So this was pre-levitating, all that Barbie soundtrack. This is, you know, kind of old. She makes it so much more sad. It's like all piano. It's literally just her and piano. There's no other instruments. She makes it into like a ballad, very slow, very sad. And it like completely transforms the song, the way she removes the beat and like that really heavy beat that's in the background of the entire original. Um, And the electric guitar, removing those two things, like, totally transform it i'm a huge fan of when people doing a cover decide to make a humongous change you know most of the time it works out really well and this is definitely one of those cases like you said just doing it way stripped back you're able to like really hear dua's voice and like all the inflection that she's putting into it all the emotion that she's putting into it this was really pretty, so thank you for showing this to me. Yeah, I I always knew the original, of course, because he used to play on the radio in like 2013. But I was never like the biggest fan of it until I heard this cover. This cover made me appreciate, even though I like the cover almost better. It's hard to compare the two; they're very different vibes. So I don't want to say I like one better than the other, but because I like this so much, I started appreciating that song more, way more. So I'm really glad that I discovered this. It just Dua Lipa is one of those people that like she's just you know basic pop singer so you don't really her songs don't really like showcase her voice very well right um it's just kind of like fun dancing music which there's nothing wrong with that but this song really showcases like how beautiful her voice is so definitely check it out on YouTube we'll put it on the YouTube version of the playlist I have another stripped back song that is a lot different than the original and the song is Doses and Mimosas, which I feel like most people know the song by Cherub. But this is covered by the Griswolds. So they do, again, a quite a different approach to this song. It's basically just an acoustic guitar and the singer. So this is not going to be a party song anymore. But it kind of taps into like what the lyrics are trying to express about how melancholic the situation is. You know, the original, again, it's it's a very dancey song, but the lyrics are kind of sad. 
and this that's kind of the the avenue that the Griswolds uh drive into in order to you know do this cover and I think it's really nice yeah I had never heard the song before I mean this this cover before I've heard the song before I'm not really like the biggest fan of it um but I like how they completely transform it I agree with what you said I love a good cover that like totally transforms the song you'll see on this list at least with my list it's kind of like 50 50 some of them do like a really good version that's like pretty much sticks with the original and then the other half like totally change it up so i really liked how this changed it up and i agree that it like taps into the sadness of i mean it definitely worked for cherub i mean again i feel like this is a song that a lot of people the original that a lot of people our age know but the Griswolds do a really good job of just, you know, making it even sadder. And again, for me, I love it, but, you know, maybe not for everybody. Again, we're talking about the Grammys that happened literally last night. This is Happier Than Ever, originally by Billie Eilish, and it's covered by the one, the only, the drama, Kelly Clarkson. You know, Ooh. if you know me, if you know me, you know I live for Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly Clarkson so much. You know what? Call me a hater, but I don't, I'm not really that much of a Billie Eilish fan. It's nothing personal. I'm sure she's a great person. And I know she has a very beautiful voice and she's very talented. I am, I've never been a fan of her music. I shouldn't say I'm not a fan of her. Like I said, it's nothing personal. I am not a fan of her music. I'm just not fan, a big fan of like the, the like very soft, slow, right. yep. it's just not what I gravitate toward. And I think I just love this rendition so much because I love Kelly Clarkson so much. Like it's not much deeper than that. She does a lot of cover songs um, and she puts them on Spotify. The The album cover is like Kelly Oki, like karaoke. Um, very cute. And I just, there's not much more to say. I love her so much. What I really love about the song, I mean, both versions is that it's like two different songs. The first half and the second half are like, totally different the second half is much more of like a rock song that's my favorite part is the second half for sure um i think the first part is beautiful but when it turns into like an angry rock song i live for it i totally agree with you i mean i didn't know that this cover existed so again thank you for showing this to me but in the beginning i really do enjoy kelly's performance i think it's like very similar to billy's but then when you said like the second part of the song comes on and it gets a lot more elevated. I think that's where Kelly shines a lot just because she has like the pipes to do it. And yeah, this, I forgot how much the song builds, but just hearing Kelly over it, it was like, this has got to be a Kelly Clarkson song. Like she's absolutely killing it. Like it's, it's a very natural song for her to cover. And so if you're a Kelly Clarkson fan, you should definitely check this out. It is very natural. I like how you worded that because that second half of this, that that like pop rock, angry ballad, like breakup song type thing, it literally sounds like it could be one of her songs. It sounds like Since You've Been Gone or whatever. So it's it's very natural for sure. I agree. So I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction here. And I want to talk about the cover of Love Me, the Kendrick Lamar song, which is covered by Churches. And as a big both Kendrick Lamar and Church's fan. I feel like this is another good genre subversion. I mean, obviously Kendrick Lamar uh, is a rapper. He does rap songs. Love Me isn't necessarily, you know, a a true blue rap song, but I think it's really fun because on the original song, there's a, a feature that does a lot of the female vocals, but Lauren from Church's 
she handles the female side, like the feature, and then a different member of churches handles uh, Kendrick's lyrics. So I think it's fun to like hear them kind of passing the mic back and forth um, compared to when the original, when it's, when it's Kendrick passing the mic. But when I think of covers, this is always one that I personally think of just because I feel like churches does a really good job of making this song their own um, through like the different synths and whatnot. And they really give a good platform to showcase the vocals when she's kind of belting the lyrics. Um, I really like this one. Yeah, this was new to me. Um, I've never even heard the original. I'm a fake Kendrick Lamar fan, so I never heard this before. And I didn't even know, I didn't even, like I said, I didn't have a lot of time to do the research for this. So I didn't even get to look up the original song like I did for a lot of them. So I didn't even know this was a Kendrick Lamar song until right now when you said it. So that's very interesting. Um, I'm also a fake Churches fan. So I did not know that one of their other members, besides the lead singer, actually sang as well. And so it was very cool when they were passing the mic and the, the guy, and you know, Laura and the girl singing back and forth. I was like, who is that singing? Like, I had no idea that it wasn't just her. So that was very cool. And it made me want to listen to both Churches and Kendrick Lamar a little bit more. So thank you. Yeah, I think this song personally for me is a, one that I really like from Kendrick just because it showcases like a different side of, of his personality or like his songwriting and so hearing somebody else tap into that and kind of like put their own spin on it was really fun nico vega we all know i love nico vega i've given them multiple shout outs on this podcast and i'm sorry that i'm bringing it up again but it's my podcast i could literally do whatever i want so here we are once again we're gonna talk about nico vega um they do three covers there are three covers that they've done on spotify and they do them all like incredibly well it's not like oh this band is just like constantly putting out covers and they're mediocre or whatever they kill these songs they crush these songs so let's start out with the oldest of the three this is young turks by rod stewart covered by nico vega um this was of course the first one that they released the first one that i heard um when i heard it i was 17 and i had never heard the original um i feel like horrible saying that now because rod stewart is a legend but when I first heard this, I had never heard the original. And of course, I immediately listened to the original when I was done because I loved the song so much. I was obsessed with it. And I have, since it's been 10 years, I'm about to be 27. I discovered Nico Vega when I just turned 17. So it's been a decade. I have not stopped. This is a cover that like, I'm not just digging this up for this episode. I listen to this on a regular basis. This is, I wrote, it almost has that like retro disco-like vibe. Yeah, it makes sense for, for Rod Stewart, but I really like how the, the original version, they have like the synths, like the keyboard, and Nico Vega replaces the synth and the keyboard with electric, electric guitar. So I'm super into that. I think that like really elevates the song. I definitely agree with you. Personally, I really enjoyed just how like 80s it feels like they it feels like they really capture that energy. There's sort of those like electronic like rim shots. I don't really know how to explain it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where yes, it I- like cuts away and it like is yeah. But so to me, that just like screams 80s. And so I was like, wow, this song could be from then. But Nico Vega just has such strong and big vocals. So like combining that with the the 80s sound just like makes it seem like 
this needs to be played like in a stadium basically absolutely and i remember like when i first discovered this because this is like a studio recorded version that they put on spotify that they put on like an ep but they used to play it live in like 2010 when this is when they put this out was in 2010 so i used to go on youtube and i would look up nico vega young turks cover live and i would watch their like super low quality like flip phone videos oh yeah people would upload to youtube and i'm so thankful for them because it's even better live. I mean, it really showcases her voice and how strong her voice is. Um, the energy, it's just so much fun. This is the song that you can just like, it's more upbeat than the original. It's more rock than the original. No hate, I love the original as well, but like, it's just the most fun cover. This is the first song, this one and the next one I'm going to talk about. They're really just the first songs I think of when someone says like, what are your favorite covers? And they're talking about good cover songs. I immediately think Nico Vega because I just live for them. I also love how the ending is really drawn out. Like the last, like, I guess third of the song. It's, it's like, you don't want it to end. It's not drawn out in the way that it like drags personally, in my opinion. I think it's more so like, you, just, you don't want it to end yeah it's so fun yeah why don't you talk about the next one too yeah so the next one is different vibe this is perfect day originally by lou reed again covered by nico vega so this one's kind of interesting they covered this for a lifetime like the cable channel lifetime the lifetime did like a mini series like a mystery like a murder type mystery i don't really know the thing uh, i should have done my research for this but i remember because I, I was living during this um i was in my nico vega era when this was happening and so they said oh we recorded this cover for a lifetime miniseries and i again i had never heard the original i immediately went and listened to the original of course they this one they transform the song i think with rod stewart like yes they make it their own but it's not a total transformation this one is a total transformation i think the lou reed version is very chill very laid back it's very much like piano and his voice, and that's it for the first half. And then the second half is piano, vocals, and strings. So it kind of builds a little bit. This, they turned it into a total rock song, like full electric guitar, drum, everything. I think it's insane. Yeah, I didn't actually know the original uh, before you mentioned the song. But hearing their cover, I thought it was really cool, especially like the extended ending like the lyrics to that part where they say you're gonna reap what you sow like over and over and over um mm-hmm. they really like sunk it made the song like sink into me a little bit more i was like wow maybe i need to think about this some more i gotta listen to this some more so <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was like a really nice touch yeah i i don't know if you agree but i think that it's it has like spooky vibes it's giving me like yeah, yeah. spookiness and i think i was thinking about it for a while i was like okay obviously they were going for that because this is like a mystery like a murder mystery if i remember correctly so it's it's supposed to be like a spooky vibe so it makes sense but i think it's the effect that they put on her voice i know in the previous episode i was talking about nico vega and i said i literally said her voice doesn't need any effect any auto-tune any touching up because it's so perfect but the way the effect that they put on her voice it's like echoey it gives the song like a spooky feel it's it's very like artistically done um it's not just like they threw on an effect just for the sake of it. Um, it really like transforms the song, transforms her voice. The bridge where she's like yelling, she just is like screaming and belting. It's, oh my God, it's so good. Please check this out. If you like the original, this is a total transformation and it's worth checking out. 
I want to talk about another Fleetwood Mac cover. This one is a cover of Rhiannon performed by Sticky Fingers. So again, I love Fleetwood Mac. I'm a pretty big Sticky Fingers fan as well. And this song is really interesting to me because I would say it's it's mostly very similar to the original. But Sticky Fingers provides kind of like a reggae twist to the beat. So they kind of have that like intermittent guitar like on the offbeat to kind of like drive the song forward. Um, I also really, really like their local uh, their vocalist Dylan. He's kind of gives it a different spin. He he puts a lot of emotion into it, and there's a lot of really nice harmonization going on during the chorus too. Yeah, I thought it was funny that you had two uh, Fleetwood Mac covers on here. Um, double dipping again, but it's fine. <laughs> I mean, let me just say, let me go on the record and say I think Fleetwood Mac has made some of the best songs of all time. And so, you know, it's only natural that other bands will cover them and do them in different styles. So especially like in a reggae-esque style, I think it's really fun. Yes. No, I agree. No hate. No hate. I'm just pointing it out. But yeah, I really like this. I have never heard of Sticky Fingers in my life. I thought, I wasn't sure if this is like a band that you were familiar with or if this was just like a cover that you just found like while you were trying to find covers for this episode. Um, so who who are they? I have no idea. They're an Australian band. Um, when my college roommate Brady, shout out to Brady, when he went to Australia, when he came back, uh, he brought Sticky Fingers with him, and I was a big fan. Um, and I've kind of ebbed and flowed with with how much I'm listening to them over the years. But they, yeah, they kind of have like a rock reggae vibe, and it's it's really interesting. Especially you know those Australians are are all about this you know, experimentation. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it, it made me curious. Maybe want to check them out. So yeah, very good. Very good. Definitely have some other recommendations for you or for anybody that enjoys the Sticky Fingers cover. So let me know. All right. So the next one I want to talk about, this is Maps by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And it is covered by Rafaela featuring Hippocampus. So if you don't know, at the time of this recording, the lead singer of Hippocampus is the boyfriend of Rafaela. So it's very much like a lovey duet. Um, I have never heard a Hippocampus do a duet before. Um, So this was really like fun and unique and interesting and new for them. And I thought that it was really beautiful. Interestingly enough, Samia, who is Rafaela's friend, friend of Hippocampus, she also released the same cover of this, like the cover of the same song, like right around the same time. We're not going to be talking about that one as much as I want to. I purposely picked this one because um, we're going to take a break from talking about Samia. Out of all of our episodes, what have we done? Like eight episodes, we've mentioned her in every single one. So let's talk about Raphael and Hippocampus. This, I think their voices are so sweet together. I love the duet. And as I was writing that in my notes, I said, wait a second why don't we do a podcast episode about our favorite duets i think that would be a really fun one so if you want to hear that let us know um it makes me cry that's that's all i have to say on this one it's beautiful it makes the song makes me cry i also love a good duet honestly i think this might be a hot take but personally i might enjoy this cover better than samia's cover i think mainly because of the again like both Jake and Raphael like having different parts and then them harmonizing together, like the male and the female vocals, like harmonizing together. And in duet is just like crack sometimes. And 
Samia's doesn't have that. So sorry, Samia. But like, I really enjoy that part. And it just, you can hear like how tender they are with each other. So I thought this one was really good. I want to talk about another duet. This one is a cover of a Selena Gomez song called Lose You to Love Me. And the cover is performed by Bombay Bicycle Club and Ray Morris. Now, this song is arguably about as different from the original as you can get on this list. You know, some of them are pretty close. Some of them do some genre subversions. And this one isn't so much of a genre subversion, but this one is like a lot more upbeat. Selena's original version is like very slow and like sad and emotional. Like you can focus on her, the tone of her voice very much. But this song by Bombay Bicycle Club has kind of a bouncy bass. So it feels a little bit more laid back and calm. The emotional stakes aren't quite as heavy. And again, having the mix of the male and the female vocalists, I think that adds like a really different element to the song, especially when the, the lyrics coalesce. Yeah, no, I agree that the the male-female duet is like super special. I, again, just like the Kendrick Lamar one, I didn't um, look up the originals. So I just listened to this today for the first time. I didn't know this was a Selena Gomez song. I was wondering. I was like, I wonder who sings these songs. I got to look it up later. And that is very interesting. Um, I thought it was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. I am curious to know how it differs from the original. So I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. This one isn't too crazy. I mean, it's it's kind of just like a nice, cheerful duet between, again, between these two different vocalists. But I'm a big fan of Bombay Bicycle Club and the fact that they got to kind of reunite with Ray Morris, who did um, some kind of guest vocals on their fourth album. I thought was really fun. And who is Ray Morris? She's another British uh, singer-songwriter. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't, honestly don't know too much of her stuff, but... Anything that she's contributed to Bombay Bicycle Club has been awesome. Well, I've got two more from the same artist. I know I'm double dipping a little bit, but it's hard when they've done multiple covers. It's hard to pick just one um, when they're all good. So I've got two from the main. We talked about the main quite a bit, especially lately. Um, but they crush both of these. I could not just pick one. So we're going to start with my favorite, which is Big Shocker. No one's expecting this from the main. This is Hold On, We're Going Home by Drake. The one and only Drake. You would have never expected a pop punk band to cover Drake, but here we are. This is a must listen to. Obviously a big difference from the original, um, but in the best way, um, I wrote huge difference, massive difference, <laughs> literally a whole new song. Like it's, you would never know that this is a Drake song. Um, the first time I heard it, of course I had heard the Drake one first, but when I listened to this, I think it like came on shuffle one day when I was listening to like all of the main music. And I didn't even recognize that, even though I knew the song, I didn't even recognize it at first. It took me a long time to realize, oh my God, is this what I think it is? It's just so good. I don't know what it is about John, the lead singer of the main. I love his voice. Like, it's not even like, oh, he's got the most amazing voice in the entire world. I just love it. There's something about it that's so, like, his timbre is so good. Like just like hearing the tone of his voice is very soothing. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, yeah, this is really fun. No, I love this one. I mean, so personally I do the song structure of like the original, hold on, we're going home. I think it's like really nice. And so like hearing that song structure, like in a, in a different style is like really fun. And especially like the fact that it's like an uplifting, like punk pop song. It's really good. <laughs> 
I love something that's totally like unexpected. And it's, I, again, I keep saying this, but I hope Drake, I don't think he's ever listened to the main, but I really hope he comes across this one day because I think he would really enjoy it. I think he would appreciate the rock vibes and it's very like accessible rock. It's not like Absolutely. heavy punk rock and roll. It's like, it's just like a pop song. I love it so much. But the other one that I wanted to mention from the main for all the Harry Styles girlies out there. I know you're out there. This is Watermelon Sugar. Um, everybody knows Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Total opposite with this one. So the last one, I said they totally transformed the song. Like you would never know that it's a Drake song, whatever. This is very different. This is like very much, they stick to the original. They don't really do anything crazy with it. They don't really put their own twist on it. I mean, to a certain extent they do. But it's to me, in my opinion, this is very similar to the original, unlike some of the others I talked about. But I think his, speaking of his voice, John from The Maid, I think his voice, I never would have thought this until I heard this cover. It's very similar to Harry Styles. Like, I don't know. Is that is that weird? I don't think it's too weird. I mean, I like that they kind of go for a little bit more of like an acoustic tone and kind of like, again, it feels a little bit more laid back. Like, obviously, Harry's version... It's like a pop song. There's going to be a lot of layers to it. So hearing this one, again, like done in the a little bit more stripped back style, I think is really fun. Personally, I think I might like it better than Harry's version. But also, to me, Harry's version was like overplayed. Like, it's funny because back when I was uh, back making watermelon gummies, we played this, like we played the radio in our factory and the song would come on all the time when we were making our watermelon gummies. So it just like earwormed itself into me and I wanted it out. So hearing it done in a different style is very refreshing to me. Okay, without like any context, like people don't know that you used to work and like make gummies. Um, like They're like, wait, when I used to make gummies, what is he talking about? Um, yeah. That is really funny that you mentioned that because I used to work for Kroger, the grocery store. And this was right before I quit when the song came out. But right at the end of my time there, this song used to play every day. So I love that we both heard this at our (laughs) jobs all the time. That's so funny to me. Yeah. I mean, I used to be a a candy manufacturer scientist dude. So hearing this in our factory all the time was very fitting. And all of the employees enjoyed making watermelon gummies when watermelon sugar was playing. He's like, yeah, when I worked as my job at... uh, as a scientist and i'm like when i worked at a grocery store like we live very different lives but you know i've worked at a grocery store too so i can relate now going a little bit deeper into the punk goes pop territory i want to talk about a cover from one of the punk goes pops uh, albums from back in the day this is a cover of little lion man originally by mumford and sons and it's covered by tonight alive and dave petrovic so Again, a huge genre change. And this song truly goes full punk. There's a lot of like frantic guitars. There's some almost screaming female punk pop vocals where she's really getting it. Um, So if you're a fan of kind of a little bit more hardcore punk pop, maybe a little bit different than the main. But for me, this one is like, it reminds me a lot of my college days because I listened to a lot of punk pop when I was studying. And this was when the whole trend of lots of different bands coming together to make punk goes pop albums was a thing. And so there's a lot of 
A lot of good good memories with this one. Um, this was a nice surprise. So I, of course, knew the Mumford & Sons original, um, but I had never actually listened to Tonight Alive before. I've definitely heard of them. I've heard about them for years. And I know that it's a female-fronted like pop-punk band, which you don't see a lot of that. And I love that so much. So this was really cool as my first taste of Tonight Alive. I know I'm like super late to the game. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It made it really fun. I'm not the biggest like Mumford and Sons fan by any means. So <laughs> this was um this was a, a nice, uh, pleasant rendition. No, no hate to them or the song, but just not my speed. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I, another thing I really like about this is like you have a little bit of like a section where it goes into like a halftime beat. And that's just like it it feels like a really like natural like time to headbang. So, you know, headbang to little lion man, because why not? I would like to talk about okay, so there's this local band from Atlanta. They're called Meet Me at the Altar. I don't know if you've ever heard of them before, but they are like pop rock, pop punk, um, like a girl band. It's three members, all female, very cool. Um, I don't listen to them. But I saw them open for Muna a couple years ago. And then when I worked the Five Seconds of Summer concert this year, I I didn't get to watch. They opened for Five Seconds of Summer as well. And I didn't get to watch their set. I didn't get to see any of the show, actually. But from the gate, I could hear their set. And they did, I remember they did three covers back to back. And it really made them stand out because the three covers were burning up by the Jonas Brothers. Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, a classic. And then this song that as soon as the first note played, I was like, are they covering the song from Freaky Friday? Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, if you are not familiar with this movie. Um, I'm not going to give you a whole plot synopsis, but basically the main character, Lindsay Lohan, and her two friends are in a band, like a pop punk, pop rock band. And this is the song that they perform for like their big performance. That's the movie kind of leads up to. And so for this band to cover this, it was so fitting. It was really beautiful. And it's funny because Muna always, they open for Muna and Muna always jokes around about, they like compare themselves to the band from Freaky Friday. A lot of people compare them to that. So it was, it was very beautiful to to hear this, this cover. I thought this cover was awesome. Like, I haven't seen Freaky Friday in over a decade, probably. So like when this, I was like driving when I started listening to this and I was like, why does this sound familiar? Like, I think I know this song. And then when I realized, when I looked, I was like, oh, this is from Freaky Friday. It was great. Um, But this song was great. And I feel like it even like elevates from the movie version. Like, you know, whenever there's a band performing an original song, like during a movie, like, you know, maybe it's not always like that great, but <laughs> the one in Freaky Friday is solid. But this one, I thought their like punk pop, like spin a little bit more on it was, was really good. Yeah. It's very similar to the one from the movie, but you're right. It's, it's elevated because of course it's like, that's just made the movie. It's not about music. It's not really about the band, right. um, even though they play a big part in it. So yeah, this was definitely elevated. Um, very, very cool. I just, I think that's so on brand um, and funny for them to do this, but they did it in such a good way that it's like not really a joke. Like it's kind of beautiful, but it's one of those songs that like, even if, like you said, if you haven't seen Pretty Friday and you said at least a decade, you kind of instantly like remember the movie. You're like, wait a second, I do know this. Like, how do I remember this? 
Well, speaking of another classic, I want to talk about a cover of Chasing Cars. You know, the old Snow Patrol song? Well, mm-hmm. this cover was done by Flurry and Tommy Prophet. Now, I don't know Tommy, but I'm a pretty big Flurry fan. And the, my first point is just, wow, in all caps. <laughs> so, I mean, the Snow Patrol song itself is, you know, pretty like slow and quiet and it builds a little bit. But this song is not too different in the first half. I would say it's like a fairly safe cover song for the first half of the song where it's just kind of flurry and then some more layers slowly build in. But when the second half of the song comes in, man, I'm like getting shivers just thinking about it because it blows me away. I know a lot of the songs that we've talked about are kind of like rock covers or, you know, kind of like pop covers. But this one is like a symphonic cover, like, Halfway through the song, like an entire symphony comes in to back up Flurry's vocals. And it's kind of got some like bells. It's just really beautiful. And then like when the whole choir comes in to back Flurry up, man, I just get shivers every time I hear this song. It was beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Like you said, I'm familiar with Flurry just because she opened for uh, Colony House a couple years ago. Um, she was awesome, but I'm not familiar with Tommy Prophet. But it was really, really well done. I you hit the nail on the head with everything you said about the symphony in the background, like the strings and everything. But I'm curious because I remember Flurry when I saw her, she had said that she makes music for like video games and like soundtracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Was this on? Was this like from a soundtrack? Because I feel like as like an indie artist, if for her to have like all this like production and stuff, that's probably done for a soundtrack. I couldn't find much about where this song specifically, you know, if it was played for something. Like, I know she does soundtracks for, like, TV shows and movies. And those Mm -hmm. are usually, like, a bit more explicit on Spotify. But this one was just kind of like, oh, it's a Chasing Cars cover. So Mm -hmm. I might need to do a little more hunting. But like you said, the production value of this is, like, so high. And, like, you know hiring a symphony to like play a song is not the cheapest thing in the world. So um, I would assume that there was some more kind of like, you know, cinema money behind this cover. But again, I'm a huge sucker for strings of like a full blown choir and just an entire symphony. So hearing a symphony basically do a cover of chasing cars with flurries vocals was inspiring all right so we made it to the end and i thought it was fitting to do my last pick as something that was literally just released like a few days ago like a couple days ago this is paramore's brand new cover of burning down the house by talking heads um it's funny because whenever i think of this song i think of like walk the moon used to cover it back in the day i love that cover (laughs) yes but I have to give it to Haley Williams. I think the reason I wanted to talk about this one in particular is because it reminded me how, so they put out an album last year. It just won a couple of Grammys. So shout out more. They won their first Grammys last night. I think best rock album or rock performance or alternative or something. Um, so that's amazing. But that album that they put out last year, this is why the title track, it reminds me of the song. Not like it, it doesn't sound terribly like the song but there are elements of that song this is why and there's also elements of a couple other songs from that album i can't think of them off the top of my head that are very talking heads very like just like pieces of the song i could hear in their more recent music 
Um, so when they covered this, I was like, this sounds like a pair, like it could have been a Paramore song on one of their last two albums. Like it could have been on This Is Why, it could have been on After Laughter. It was just the perfect cover for them. Um, for Haley, it just, it sounded like a new age Paramore song, like how Paramore sounds now. Yeah, I feel like Haley is on just absolute full display in this song. Like, you know, in the original, the vocals are like varied and there's a lot of like different like elevations and tone and, and whatnot. And I feel like they do that justice and more. Like you really get to hear the range of her voice, the inflection, borderline screaming in some of it. Just like hearing, the, yeah, hearing that her voice kind of like rip through some of those those notes. It's yeah, this cover was like made for Paramore. Absolutely. Have you listened to the song This Is Why or any of that album? No. <gasps> okay, so so what I'm saying to you is like probably not making a lot of sense. When we're finished with this podcast, I want you to listen at least just to the song This Is Why. And tell me you don't hear like in the chorus. Even if you just listen to the chorus, it's very similar. It's like like I said, it's like this was made for her. So I think you'll find that interesting for sure. I will do that. I love homework. Yeah, this one, this cover is probably going to be going into like my regular rotation of, you know, of awesome vocal performances. So I loved it. The sarcasm there. I love homework, he says. <laughs> oh, I love God. musical homework. I love having, you know, like a an itinerary of what I want to listen to next. So it's nice not having to, to think about that and get it from somewhere else. All right, the last one for me today is a cover of a Coldplay song. It's a cover of Yellow, performed by Floor and Mr. Wives, some of our favorites. Man, obviously the Coldplay original, Yellow, is such a, a classic. You know, it's smooth and, and warm, and it's very comforting. This one, this cover is really nice because it's like a little bit faster pace. And the way that Floor like does their guitar riff Oh, just that tone sounds so good. And the fact that, like, Zach from Floor takes verse one, and then Mandy from Mr. Wives takes verse two, and then eventually they harmonize together. That's the stuff. Like, that's that's what I want from a cover song. I, as soon as I saw this on your list, I was, like, typing in all caps. Angrily. <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe that I forgot about this cover. You know I live for Mr. Wives. You know I live for Floor. We've mentioned both bands so many times on this. But like when I saw that they did a cover together and I realized that they were friends, it made me so happy like to see two of your favorite artists like actually work together and be friends. Like it's just, it's so beautiful. They, their voices, like you said, work so well together. I love how they switch off with the verses. Um, I love the harmonies. Forget about the original. Forget about Coldplay. Who cares about Coldplay? I, and, the, and the original is great. I think it's so funny that this is the second episode in a row that we're talking about Coldplay and neither of us are like really Coldplay fans. I was just thinking yeah. that it's it's funny how it's come up, but they do they do the original such a good justice and like even more. I mean, I feel like the song again is like it came out in like a long time ago. So I feel like this cover kind of like modernizes it a little bit, kind of brings it back into that indie pop, indie rock sphere that is so prevalent now. Um, it's a very accessible cover. It is. It's not terribly different. It's not a total transformation by any means from the original. But like you said, the main difference, I think, is like the tempo change. It's mm-hmm. not, it's just like a slightly faster, but it's, it's noticeable enough. And yeah, it's beautiful. Well, we've reached the end of um, our covers journey here. If you think we forgot anything, if you left anything out, if you have any favorite covers, um, please let us know. Send us a DM. Yeah, thank you so much for 
for listening if you made it this far. Yeah, like Lauren said, I I found a lot of good covers through through um, some of my friends. So if you have other covers that you think we should definitely check out or that our listeners should check out, let us know. Um, we love checking out these new songs and we love sharing them with all of you and exchanging that back and forth. So yeah, if you made it this far, thank you for joining us for yet another episode. We look forward to having you again next time and sharing our love of music with you. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram. If you're not coming from Instagram, I think most people are, but it's at Can I Make You a Playlist. We are also on TikTok at Can I Make You a Playlist. Um, I'm still trying to figure out TikTok, so please give us a follow on both of those platforms. And yeah, thank you. Bye.